This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. So the other day we were talking about crazy college courses for the spring semester. And one of them from Swarthmore College is Religion 32, Queering God, Feminist and Queer Theology. The course description, the God of the Bible and later Jewish and Christian literature is distinctively masculine, definitely male. Or is he? If we can point out places in traditional writings where God is nurturing, forgiving and loving does that mean that god is feminine or female no is the answer <laughs> okay course over write a one one word essay on that answer no uh, this course examines feminist and queer writings about god explores the tensions between feminist and queer theology what the heck and what is what is what is feminist theology let alone queer theology and seeks to stretch the limits of gendering and sexing the divine. Well, I, you know what? I, I like to stretch the limits of sexing the divine. It's, it's, it's one thing if you're just doing your run-of-the-mill sexing of the divine. But if you can really stretch the limits, that's what I need in, uh, in my college course. Key themes include gender, embodiment, masculinity, liberation, sexuality, feminist, and queer theory. What the heck? So talking about that on my local show the other day and i got a comment here from raymond on the facebook page he said ugh can you not comment this is that is okay we're gonna talk about that one sentence in a second can you not comment see that's such a fascinating formulation of that sentence can you not even comment on it not you're wrong here's why let me enlighten you let's discuss but can you not comment on it don't even talk about it. Not let me enlighten you. Just, whoosh, you can't talk about it. Why? You can, can you not comment on queer culture or the value of queer literature since you obviously have no grasp of it being a heterosexual male? It sounds very homophobic by degrading the value of it. So I'm a homophobe. Uh, it reminds me of a Q&A that was done with Milton Friedman, I think in Cornell University. And someone in the audience, they were talking about welfare. And, and the problems with welfare. And someone screamed out of the audience, have you ever been on welfare? And he said, no. And the crowd's are, oh! And he goes, but if I had cancer, I wouldn't demand that my doctor also had cancer. Right? That, like, that doesn't... Like, I, but, but it's this... I'm going to pause that for a second. I'll get back to it. Uh, so as I said before, I will not apologize for mocking a course called Queering God. But... Let's talk about queer literature for a second. My advice to Raymond is don't, 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 don't do this queer literature thing. Just, just read literature. Just all of it. This is a sign of, of the balkanization of ideas. 
I was having a conversation with someone the other day about fake news and news in general, and we talked about it earlier, about how human beings don't search out information that is uncomfortable to us. We just don't. That's that's against our nature. No, I'm saying I'm not saying it never happens, obviously, but it's against our nature to do that. We tend to gravitate towards people and books and shows and news that we already agree with because it makes us feel good. And we have this overdriving uh, or overpowering uh, desire to feel good. So one thing that makes us feel good is ice cream. So we eat ice cream. Another thing that makes us feel good is when we hear people agree with us. We like our beliefs reinforced. We like to hear someone say something and then respond with, yes, I was right all along. That's just, it's like, it's just in our nature. Now, when you go to college, the point of college is to challenge those ideas all the time, every day, nonstop. The point of college is to wake up in the morning and say, what belief do I have today that I'm going to challenge? And at the end of the day, you can either change your mind or strengthen your previous opinion and convictions. Both are good. That is the point of college. If you're not doing that, what are you doing? The point of college is not football games. Now, that's what it's become, which is why college is a joke. But the point of it is not to, to or the point of it is to have your views challenged constantly. So if, Raymond, you are gay and you take all these gay studies classes and you read queer literature, you're not challenging anything. You're only taking four years of reinforcing whatever ideology you already had. What's the point of that? What are you doing? That is a waste. So I'm not mocking. I mean, he says I'm being a homophobe. I'm not mocking you for being gay. I don't care. I'm mocking the concept of queer literature as opposed to just good literature. Oscar Wilde, Tennessee Williams, Virginia Woolf. That's just good. It's not queer literature. It's good literature, right? So you really, for your own good, you've got to get away from that, that drive to, to only surround yourself with things that make you comfortable. And then to criticize you know, everyone else around you for... for Coming on. Anyway, uh, I want to uh, I want to go a step further with this. I want to play this clip from the Joe Rogan podcast. This is Jordan Peterson. He used to be a professor of psychology at Harvard. Now he's at the University of Toronto. And he in this interview, they're talking about college safe spaces and that whole culture and everything. But he makes some really interesting points that I want to break down a little more. So let's play the whole thing here with uh, Professor Peterson. A university isn't a home. That's not what it is. It's a place to be confronted by, I would say, often horrible ideas. You want to learn about history? You think that's going to be safe? Do you know what human history is like? It's an endless bloodbath with, you know, with, with a certain amount of hopeful progress underlying it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horror show. And great literature is like that. And, and, and biology is terrifying. And physics is terrifying. And you want to be safe. It's stay home. Stay home with your mom. Stay home with your dad. Don't come to university if you want to be safe. Because Don't if even you, go outside. No. If, you, if, you, if, you're going, if the university is going to make you safe, then it ceased to be a university. So one of the things I try to do in my class, I have this class called Maps of Meaning, which concentrates on atrocity, basically, on Soviet atrocity and, and Nazi atrocity mostly. And what I try to do in the class is to teach my students that had they been in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, they would have been Nazis. And had they been op offered the opportunity to be an Auschwitz, Auschwitz camp guard, then maybe they would have leapt at it. And maybe they would have been in the sadistic 
uh, in the more sadistic proportion of the Auschwitz camp guard population. You think that makes you feel safe? It doesn't make you feel safe to know that Nazis were humans and you happen to be one of them. So I think that educators that tell students that they're offering them a safe space are doing them a profound disservice. And you don't... I'm a clinical psychologist, and here's one of the things you do to make people less afraid. You don't make the world safer. What you do is you... People tell you what they're afraid of, and then you break it into little bits so that they can go confront them. You know, so maybe they're afraid of going to a party, and you break that down, and you say, well, do you know how to introduce yourself? And they say, well, I don't, I don't really even know how to shake someone's hand. And so then you practice having them shake their hand and introduce themselves, because maybe they weren't taught by that by their half-witted parents when they were, when they were young, because they were ignored. And so then you say, well, maybe you can go to a party for half an hour, and all you have to do is introduce yourself to two people, and we'll call that success. And you build up their competence and their confidence one step at a time. And what happens, the, the clinical literature indicates quite clearly, is you don't make people less anxious by doing that. You make them braver. It's not the same thing. You don't make the world and its horrors smaller. You make the person and their, their, their capacity to deal with horror larger. You encourage them. You strengthen them. That's what you do at a university. You arm people with arguments. You, you hone their intellect. You, you help them learn to write so they can marshal their arguments. You, you help them learn how to engage in intellectual combat because that's better than engaging in real combat. You make them, you make them hard and strong. You don't mollycoddle them and make them safe unless you're their enemy, unless you're trying to devour their spirit. And that's what we have in the universities. We have... It's awesome. Um, so the university is not a home. You hear that a lot from kids today uh, in college campuses when they're protesting, like the sa- whole safe space thing, like this is my home. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not your home. It's a place to be confronted with very challenging ideas. History is not safe. As the professor said, it's an endless bloodbath with a certain amount of hopeful progress underlying it all. But there's nothing safe about it. This is why we played a video the other day uh, on my local show. I don't know if we did it here. Of kids at Arizona State University, they were asked, who's worse, Trump or Castro? And a lot of kids said Trump. And, and one guy said, well, Castro did a lot of great things for the world. <laughs> like, what? And that's because they were never confronted with the horrible things he did. Because it all has to be sanitized and made safe. But in the end, it's a giant lie. And it's so fascinating. This professor, he teaches a class in atrocities. And he teaches these kids that if they lived in, the, in Germany in the 30s and 40s, they might be Nazis. And the Nazis are humans. And you also happen to be one of those. A human. And you could say you would never get wrapped up in it. But many of those people back in the 1930s and 40s in Germany would have said the same thing. But this is the best part. He says when he deals with people with anxiety, he doesn't make the world more safe. That's impossible. It's a futile effort and a pointless one. He says he, make, he works to make the person braver. You don't work to make the world safer. You work to make the person braver. And isn't that what universities are supposed to do? They're supposed to increase people's understanding of the world, understanding of human nature, understanding of their own ignorance, and to make them more capable to confront it. But universities today and culture today not just universities, culture in general does the opposite. It tries to sanitize the world. Which makes people not need to be brave. We did a study a couple weeks ago 
on how you need to learn to be brave. Do you remember we talked about Achilles and uh, Hector in the Iliad? So Achilles this is the short of it. Achilles is a demigod, right? So he was born brave. So he goes into battle, charges into battle, head first, the whole thing. Hector was immortal. He had to learn to be brave. To fight was not his instinct. He had to learn to be brave. And we all do. And universities, and they're coddling. They're, they're making kids weaker. A great line we heard before we came a dad was, you can either prepare the boy for the, for the road or prepare the road for the boy. And you, you don't want to prepare the road for the boy. You want to prepare the boy for the road. We're not going to go in front of Jack, who's two months yesterday, and move this rock out of his way and clear this path and build this bridge for him to walk over this river. We're not going to prepare the road for him. We're going to prepare him for the road. We're going to teach him to jump and to swim and to run and to get back up when he falls. We are doing an incredible disservice to kids. And, and that's in college, and it's leaking down to high school and, and, uh, and below, and it's leaking up and out to adults as well. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 